Hey, welcome to What's Happening. And what's happening? Oh, what's happening, you ask? The $2 sausage McMuffin with egg. At, at McDonald's. Oh, so good. Oh, savory sausage, melty cheese. And egg on a freshly toasted muffin. For $2. $2. And what's happening? The McDonald's app. Download it on your phone right now. So you can get up on some exclusive deals only available on the McDonald's app. This bumpy emoji out of here. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm ready. No, 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 no. I said, are you ready? Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ready. No, I said, are you ready for episode two of the Just Two Sweet Show brought to you by CineSportsTalk.com. Com. I am Tim Big Daddy Kutabala. With me, as always, is the bad guy himself, Eric Zant. Talk to him, AZ. I'm bad, I'm rad, and I'm going to make all you girls' husbands mad. That's awesome, brother. Finally, bro, we finally get number two done. Number two, coming at you. Yeah, we want to apologize because uh, we got a lot of great feedback off episode one. But we are just not technical people. So we've had technical problems, which we're hoping we finally nailed for the last time. And hopefully we'll be able to knock these off very quickly now. We got our fingers crossed. Nah, I think we got it. I think we're good to go. I, I think we are. Um, it's, it sounded sounded pretty, uh, pretty legit. So I, I don't think we're going to have an issue here, though, man. I think we're ready to roll, ready to rock. Put this thing, put this thing down, and get it rolling. Word up, my friend, and especially this week because this is a huge, huge week in professional wrestling, and it's a very exciting week. Uh, tonight, of course, we got Monday Night Raw, the season premiere. Tomorrow night, well, tomorrow night's only Total Divas. If you, you dig that show, I dig that show actually very much. So, you ever watch it? Um, I have. I checked it out. Um, of course, I mean, yeah, I like it, man. Because let's, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you know. Uh, there's there's no there's nothing bad about watching half naked chicks in the ring. Yeah, not to that mention being said, I, I am a huge fan of looking at the behind the scenes how they do the shows, and they're always showing the behind the scenes of how they make a show work. I think that's great. Right, but yeah, no, I mean you got to give these women credit because, like, you know, women's wrestling's come a long way, and you know, I I, I give these girls credit because they're out there, you know you know, busting a sweat just as much as the guys do. And they're putting all their all into it, just like the guys do. And I'm kind of glad that there's, there's this now, you know, and it's enjoyable to watch. These girls can work. Yeah, man. And you're right though. There's nothing wrong with seeing half naked chicks walking around all the time. Oh, hell no. I mean, that's, that's like 90% of what, what I'm watching. So I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) And uh, then on Wednesday, we have not only the premiere of a brand new company, which hasn't happened in, I don't know how long, AEW Dynamite, it's called, makes their debut going up against 
NXT making their television full, I should say, full two-hour debut on USA. And I think that's going to be a great, great, great competition. I think so. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Uh, it's been what? Uh, you talking twenty four years? Twenty four years since a head to head primetime wrestling show has gone up against another one. So this is uh, this is kind of historic. Yeah, it's so great. Historic, like you said, it's a historic week. It really is, and I hope uh, you know. I hope AEW is going to have a lot of surprises. I, who knows who they signed? Who they didn't sign? We don't know who they signed. Uh, it might have a lot of good surprises coming in out of that. Uh, Chris Jericho's their world champion, which is always interesting. That dude keeps finding a way to reinvent himself. And uh, yeah, NXT, NXT, baby, the Undisputed Era has every single title. I think there are four great guys. They're probably my favorite guys in NXT right now. And I'm very pumped to see this show. NXT, yeah. NXT is a good product, man. Uh, it's it's kind of like it, it, it's retro, but modern you know what i mean it's like got that retro feel it's got the classic wrestling feel but it's it's modernized and that's kind of what has to happen yeah and nxt is probably the closest competition to AEW. that those are going to be the two i'm I'm using quotations right now wrestling shows you know raw smackdown they're going to be the entertainment shows these two are going to be the wrestling shows which is what makes it so great it does and it's going to give these fans that are used to this shit that they've been watching for i don't know how long you know, it's it's going to give it, you know, like these the newer fans. Let's say the, the the for the past 10 years, say, you know, the 10-year-olds who are now 20, you know, and the 10-year-olds now, like, that don't understand where wrestling came from, this is going to introduce them to a new world. This is going to really bring them into, you know, this is going to help out, like, you know, guys like Jim Cornette and all the, the, the traditionalists that are all up in arms about, like, you know, pro wrestling as opposed to sports entertainment. This is going to give them some wrestling, and this is going to, you know, hopefully prompt these guys to work better too, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think so. And then following that up, Friday is the premiere of SmackDown on Fox, which should be very interesting. We got, like, The Rock coming back. Uh, We got, I mean, and Fox is making a lot of demands, and WWE's been giving them what they want. So hopefully they give us all what we want, which is a good two hours. I don't know, is it three hours? No, I think it's two hours. Two hours of... uh, old school, maybe a little edgier wrestling than we've been used to also. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's got that Saturday night's main event feel to it already, you know? Like, like remember when we used to look forward to that once a month thing? It was like, wow, man. So awesome. Dude, that was my favorite Saturday night's main event. Oh, so look forward to it. So... Yeah, so that's a big week. Probably the biggest week in, in, in pro wrestling history. So if you're a fan, yeah, you're going to have a good week. And, and I didn't even mention the fact that uh, Impact is still out there. And uh, I found out today that uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, he now owns the NWA. And he is bringing yeah. the NWA back. And they're they're shooting their first TV tapings today. So that's another thing that's happening this week as far as wrestling goes. What do you think of that? No, yeah, I I I found out probably I don't know three four months ago that he he bought the end. He actually owns the National Wrestling Alliance, the oldest wrestling, uh, you know, corporation, federation, whatever you want to call it, the oldest wrestling, uh, industry. You know, the the NWA has been around forever, National Wrestling Alliance. So for him to want, you know, Billy Corgan's an old school guy too. 
but with new ideas. You know, he he, he understands that. You know, it's got you got to have something modern, but also you've got to like stick to what made it work to begin with. I mean, it worked so long for for some reason. You know what I mean? So for him to buy and own and own and like look over the National Wrestling Alliance, I mean, I I wouldn't hate if they got a, a, a deal, not like like on Fox or whatever, but like and what TNT's taken up by AEW. Would it be cool to be like you know on like the CW or something to have like the NWA? Something, a, a cool show, you know, down the road. I mean, that would be really cool. Well, they must have a TV deal somewhere if they're doing TV tapings. I just don't know where yet. Oh, you, you haven't been able to find out where it was yet? No, I don't know what channel they're going to be. I don't even know what Impact is on at this point, but I know they're still going. Is Impact on, like, one of those Discovery channels? I, I saw something like that. I think so. I don't know. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't. I, Impact doesn't interest me anymore. I, I no. There's nobody there I really want to see. I mean... I guess we'll give NWA a shot when it comes on because he's talked. I heard Billy Corgan say uh, non-scripted wrestling. Uh, oh wow! I don't, I don't know what that means. Non-scripted. I mean, obviously, there's got to be some kind of structure. But there's, there's got to be yeah. Scripted. Kinda... I don't know what he possibly means by that. That that is a little vague, man. Um, I wonder if he just means he's like sticking to the old formula, like. Letting the guys come out, letting the guys who know what they're doing, you know, figure out their own matches. I mean, obviously they need a booker, but like, you know, like because there's so many what producers and writers and all this stuff. I mean, that's to me, that's what took away from wrestling and was what ruined it. You know, I hate saying it, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna bring this guy's name up a lot, Vince Russo. Um, you know, as much as he wants to pat himself on the back, he kind of contributed to the demise of you know of actual wrestling itself and focusing more on the entertainment, which, you know, throw entertainment in once in a while, that's fine. But man, you know, just from being a wrestler and knowing so many wrestlers and watching so much live and television wrestling, it's just, you know, entertainment's entertainment, but wrestling is wrestling, man. It's like, we didn't tune in every week to like see a big production. We tuned in every week. I mean, remember we used to look forward to superstars we used to look forward to, like, remember Wrestling Challenge? It was on, like, late at night, yeah, once a week. I used to love all those shows. I couldn't wait for those shows. Yeah, we wanted to see the wrestling matches, you know. And once in a while, you know, you have a Piper's Pit. You have a body shop. You have the funeral parlor. That was cool, man. That's That was cool. So, yeah, like... Let's let's hope this uh, let's hope this goes somewhere. That's a wrestling revival. We were really in the beginning stages of a wrestling revival. Do you miss jobbers? I do. I miss jobbers a lot because think about think about how much that put over a talent. It's true. You know, you, you could you could really watch them grow because you know those jobbers. You know, which I guess what's the what's the now politically correct term? Enhancement talent. Uh, no, I still call them jobbers. They're still jobbers. Well, you know, a lot to me anyway. <laughs> a lot of those guys, man, they were like, like, because you're talking back in the territory days, but like these guys that would job, they they were hellish workers, man. I mean, they knew how to. Half of them were were calling the match for these guys and putting them over. It's so just, it's, oh, it's funny now when you think about it. You, you know, Saturday morning you're watching wrestling, and and I'll, of course I'll use Macho Man. Oh, here comes the Macho Man then walking on the ring. And his opponent, Jose Luis Rivera. You're like, dude, easy. It's in the bag. It's in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's just, you know, it's watching, watching an ass whooping. It's great. But that, that's what you want to see, man. You want to see that. Yeah, I do kind of miss that. 
I think they should because you want to know what else is good for it. Why why that's important is, you know, and and there's no shame, man. If you're if you're a worker and you're listening out there, and if you're a wrestler, there's no shame in being being a jobber because, like, listen, man, you get a, you're getting a you're getting a payday, b you're getting exposure, and like c like how many people can say like, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm on TV, I'm a wrestler, I wrestled uh, Razor Ramon or I wrestled, uh, you know. The big show, you know, how many guys could say that they did that? You know what I mean? So there's no shame in like being, being, a, being an underneath guy. Hey, a lot of guys now, you're, you're Bobby Roos, even Jeff Hardy started out as a jobber. Oh yeah. The Hardys, they used to job to everybody. I mean, Hardy job to like whale and mercy and, um, all those guys back in the nineties. It was great. Um, I think you should bring it back. I really they do. do. Have the, they do have them every now and then. They call what they call them local, local talents. I believe they call them local. Okay, so they they're using the, the territory indie system to yeah the, yeah they bring like the local wrestlers and they get their asses whooped on on live TV and then I guess it gives, it gives them experience and gives the wrestler a push. Cool. Hey, you know nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears for a minute. One of our most, uh, one of our more popular, I should say, segments on our first episode was our Rushmore tattoo segment. Oh, which I enjoyed oh. too. Uh, I enjoyed it. But a friend of ours, Mister James Bunker, I will give you credit for this. He said, "Dude, where's the women? Why are you walking around with all these dudes tattooed on your back?" And I said, "You know what? You're you're right. You're yeah. absolutely one hundred percent right." So what we're, right. gonna do, what we're going to do right now, we're going to add to our Rushmore tattoo, our, our giant back piece, I should say. We are going to add one woman of any capacity, announcer, manager, wrestler, just has to be a woman. and Valet, got to be a woman. Val, anything, any, any woman. And any woman. I think we should add a manager, any manager you want. Cool. So how about you go first. Give okay. me give me your Rushmore tattoo manager. Well, if I had to have if I had to have the the Rushmore back piece and add a manager, I'm gonna have to say there's probably no there's almost no thinking like it's got to be Bobby Heenan. It's got to be Bobby the Brain Heenan. I like it. I like it. I mean, think about how many years we laughed. I mean, all, even like a lot of the jokes, man, just came from Heenan. Like we, we'd use in everyday life. I mean, Heenan, Heenan was great. I'm going with Bobby Heenan. I love it. I love that. Pick. Bobby and, I, and I love the fact that you watch Bobby Heenan now. You can't say half the things he used to say. I no. mean, just the fact that he used to call Tito Santana the flying jalapeno. You can't even get away with that stuff these days. Oh, no. He was. Oh, he. He didn't, oh my god, he was he was brutal, but it was funny, and he was he kept it in the parameters of whatever the time was. But oh, yeah. yeah, dude, he he was classic. He was like almost like he was like the like the 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 Conan O'Brien or or like the David Letterman of wrestling, you know? Like he was just it. Like like, like he was the guy. Absolutely, I, I I agree with you, and I agree with you to the point where. I would also choose Bobby Heenan. Nice, man. Yeah, I mean, I was going to cheat, and I was going to have Elizabeth on there so I could have two women. 
because she's not she's not my woman pick. She is she she almost was almost my manager pick, but no, I I I, I couldn't deny uh, deny Bobby the Brain his face on my back forever. Because yeah, he no. was the absolute best. He was the best as a manager. He was the best as an announcer. I mean, you didn't get much better than him. No color commentator, man. He was a. I mean, you you knew when you heard Heenan that it you, it was going to be a good night. It was going to be a great night. Absolutely, him and Monsoon were such a great chemistry together. Oh my god, that was and, so. That was the best. And he was even great on on Nitro. He he kept Shivani in his place. Oh, he did. I mean, he and he he Shivani would get lost. He he just wouldn't know what to say. He just keep calling the match, which you know Shivani was you know mediocre at best about, but. Well, I don't want to beat up Savani too bad. He was okay. He, he was all right, except for every week saying that this is the greatest night in the history of our sport. Right. He was a little dry. You know, he needed some He needed some originality. You know, but, you talk about Juventud Guerrero versus, you know, La Parca as the greatest history, you know, greatest match in the history of our night. It's like, dude, seriously? We've seen this match yeah. 17 times in a row. We don't need to see it yeah. again. Po- possibly even in the same night. I mean, you know, Shivani. You know he, yeah, he definitely. Yeah, Shivani, Shivani needed a little bit more of a. I mean, his pizzazz level wasn't going like off the needle. You know. No, yeah, he definitely needed the brain. Yeah, he had to have Heenan. That's why, probably, why he was there. They're thinking like, well, we don't got anybody else. We got we got Shivani, and we got to throw Heenan with him because you know he sucks. All right, so we agree on Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now comes mm-hmm. the most in- more interesting part: the woman. The woman. Like I said, wrestler, valet, manager, announcer, ring announcer. I don't care what it is. If you had to pick one, and I know that's hard to pick just one, which woman would you pick? Man. If I had to pick one woman in all of the wrestling I've ever watched up to now, I would have to go with... Man, I'm. Oh, Tim, you know this is this is harder than I thought because you know there's so many cool women. There's so many women that were so important, and there's so many that were just so entertaining to watch, and so many of them you hated. You know, so it's like which which woman? Oh my God, I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna have. To, I'm gonna shock you with mine because mine's a recent, more recent woman. I was even thinking the same thing, man. I w- really was, but. You know what? I'm going to go go ahead and I'm going to say Yeah, I'm going with Sherry Martel, Sensational Sherry. Wow, Sensational Sherry. I'm I'm putting Sherry on my back, man. You know she would make while she's not my pick, she would make a great tattoo. She would make an awesome tattoo. That's scary. And she scary. was awesome. Oh, she 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 definitely with her face makeup. She does make a great tattoo. I will give you that. Oh yeah, she was you know, sexy as hell. Oh, she, I see. That's the thing. I got a friend too. I hope I hope he listens. He he him too is obsessed with her as far as being sexy as hell. I don't see that part. No, no, you it. don't get it, huh? I don't get that. I don't get it. But yeah, hey, to each his own. But no, but as far as, as far as being um, innovative and 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 a good manager and a good valet. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And she said she has that face that would make an awesome tattoo. She does. She could kick ass, too. That's true. I, I, I did I did have my, uh, when, when she was with my, with Randy as the Macho King, I did, I did have to 
bow down to Queen Sherry for a while. She was the sensational queen, man. And I, I would have, yeah, of course. But you know, when when she, I kind of when Randy got rid of her, I was more happy. You were you were into that a little more. You you, you rode the wave, but you were like, oh, okay, now he's you know she's yeah. gone. It's no big deal. Exactly. But no, that's gotcha. a great, it's a great choice though. Yeah. I had her in mind, man. It was like, you know, I'm just going to have to go with it because I just, I was always a Sherry fan. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Like cool. I said, I, I could see her, her, her face with the makeup, the crazy makeup. Yeah, you as could do a, so much with that. As a tattoo, yeah. I think that would actually would look phenomenal. It would look phenomenal. Good choice. Yeah. What, good choice. What like about you? Choice. What do you? What do you got? What do you, what about you? What do you got? All right, for me, this is, she's a more recent wrestler. And she was yeah. not with WWE ever. Oh, wow. She was, not, she was not with WCW ever. Whoa. Yeah. She's from TNA of all places. Oh. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't know if you know who she is even, Eric, but she is Velvet Sky. I know who Velvet Sky is. Let me tell you something about this woman. Wow. I have to give her the greatest wrestling women's entrance of all time. And not only not only that... She is a nerd at heart. She dresses up like Princess Leia. She loves the Yankees. She oh. is outstanding. So she is absolutely my number one pick. So like you're you're Garth sitting in the donut shop, and she's when Dreamweaver comes on. That's that's who's coming out. Absolutely. Wow, dude. No and, kidding. That's cool. And of course, she is married to none other than Bubba Ray Dudley. Is she married to him? Yep. She is. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did not know that. And if I may, I have a great Velvet Sky story. Let's friend, hear it. A friend of mine's at a Philadelphia Comic-Con, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, uh, all of a sudden I'm getting a FaceTime call from him, and I'm like, this guy never FaceTime. We're not FaceTime friends. Like, why are you <laughs> FaceTiming me? So I kind of ignored it at first. Then he called me back, and I'm like, all right, there's something going on. And he's like, yo, yo, yeah. yo, I'm, I'm here with Velvet Sky. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Not only did he get her, I mean, she actually said hi, talked to me face to face, all on Facetime. Said really? hello, how you doing? What's going on? I was like, oh my! I, I went into like high school, not high school, junior high school, little kid mode, where I didn't know like what to say. Out, I, I, I was I was giggling like a little kid. Wow! But the fact that she was so cool to do that, yeah. And then we hang up. He calls me back again. He goes, "I'm gonna get you an autographed picture." I said, oh, you don't have to do that. He's like, no, I'm going to get one. So, and she was there. She said, which one do you want? She held all the pictures up for her. Which one do you want me to sign? And I picked up the one with her dressed as Slave Leia from Return of the Jedi. Wow. Signed it right while I watched. And she held it up and said, oh, thank you so much for being a fan. Bye. It blew me a little kiss and everything. Greatest goddamn day of my life. That That's an awesome story, man. And I still have, that, I still have that picture right over here. Wow. Velvet Sky. Yeah, I've seen her, man. I've seen I've seen her in the ring. I've seen her work. I've seen her come out too. She's 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 pretty snappy. She's yeah, she's not going to be the best wrestler, but she does have the best entrance. I'm telling you all right now. Google that entrance and Google those pictures. Like I said, she's a nerd at heart. She's dressed up like Freddy Krueger. She dresses up like like anime. She dresses up like cartoons. She dresses you know she's she's a down to earth, cool, eighties kind of chick, which I dig. Yeah, dude. I can totally see that. Wow, that's good though, man. That that fits you perfect, then, man. That's great. Oh, Star Wars nerd too. Come on, that 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 takes the cake right there. 
Yeah, that's a, that's like you know she she just she just rooked it. It's it's over. No, but how many? I said how many people would be cool enough to do that on Facetime for you? Not many, dude. No, that, no, that's no. a that. I don't see any of know. these divas in WWE doing that for you. No, no, hell no, none of them. Absolutely, even the ones that you know. Spe- I should say, especially the ones that claim that they're like real and you know, well, we're here for the you know, they're they're all full of shit, you know. <laughs> well, who, have I met any? Well, I only met a couple of them at, at uh at uh what was it called? Whatever the WrestleFest, the summer, the WrestleMania backstage thing. We, me and Jax went. My son. Uh, oh, the I, Access I, thing. Access, yeah. See, I, I couldn't think of the name. Um, that's why we're partners. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah. I met a couple of them. I met Mandy Rose. I met uh, Selena Vega. But you know, it's hey, how you doing? Good, nice to meet you. Get the hell out, next person. Yeah, really, there was really no int- intimacy there. No, I like the intimacy. I do too. You know, if, if I'm paying to meet you, you, give me something. Yeah, I mean that's kind of courteous. You know, it's like, you know, uh, basically all those other bitches were saying was, hey, give me your fifty bucks, bye. You know, that's like, my God. That's like reverse role there. Well, even excuse me, even when um, I say over the last couple of years, I met more wrestlers now than I've read ever in my entire life total. I met right. Flair. I met Flair, but that was a real quick thing because he had a lot of people. So it's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. You're the best. Four Horsemen, take a picture. You're out. All right. right. But you know, it was Flair, so I kind of let it go. That's Flair and expected, yeah. Yeah, and then um, but I gotta tell you what, my favorite two were Enzo and Cass. I could absolute, see that. They were, we we paid we paid a little extra to see them, uh, and I told my son, I said, make sure you tell Big Cash you're from Queens because he's from our neighborhood. He's from Glendale, and I said when you go in there, you know, first of all, Enzo he had a little Enzo hat on, and he's like, oh, Enzo's like, come here, give me a hug. You know, it was really good with him and really talked to him, got down and like to his level, gave him a hug, and then I said, that's and the, cool. and the, yeah. And the Jackson over to him and said, you know, we're from Queens. He goes, where? Glendale, he's like, no way, you're from Glendale, Mike. You know, very personable. Gave us extra autographs because we were from Queens, which was awesome. Nice. That's what I I want from my wrestlers today. Yeah, that's how it should be, man. If if it's if wrestling's going to be the way it is, they should they should grant a little more a little more like personal like it should be a little more personal for for those kind of things. You know, especially if I'm paying. Especially if you're paying, yeah. If I, up, if, paying. if I run up to you on the street and bother you, I, I, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of understand I, why they, well, they get grumpy. Oh yeah, I get when they want to just beat it, you know. Like I understand that totally. I'm like that, and I'm not even you know popular anymore. What was great is when we met uh, Hall and Nash too. Um, I, again, I turned into a little kid. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna walk up there and be like, hey, oh, you know, throw up the two sweet and say, yo, you guys are the best. But uh, uh-uh, I melted like a little child. Because <laughs> I had a Wolfpack shirt on. It's a whole Nash and Waltman, it says on it, and it says Wolfpack. And as soon as we walked up, Scott Hall goes, Bro, that's a sweet Wolfpack shirt. I melted. Dude, I'm not even joking. I, I, I turned into a little kid. Nice. And then, yeah, he, they, took, <laughs> they took Jax with him, and they're like, How you doing, man? Good, good. Boom, took the picture, we left. But it was still cool. It was still one of those, like, Oh my God, that's a great moment. Yeah, that is a great moment. That's a really great moment. All right, so let, wait, let's break into something that we've been teasing for a while. We've been telling everybody you're a wrestler. Well, you were a wrestler. I was. You met a lot of wrestlers. Did I have. You, did you have that moment, even though you were in the business, who did you have a, a certain moment like that with? Oh, boy. Um, Give us one for now. 
Give us one for now. One for now. Um, probably, well, if I had to think real quick, I'm going to be honest with you, man. The first time I met Bundy, like, cool. I was very, very green, very new. Um, probably the first, like, I mean, I've been, you know, obviously training for a, a good year, but I only had been working matches for probably about, you know, three, four months. And we were doing a match, I think it was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, there's a cool, there's a cool, uh, it might've been Allentown too. They're right next to one another, but actually I think it was Allentown because there's this, there's this cool, uh, little sports complex probably held about a thousand, 2000, maybe thousand people, 800,000 people, but it was nice. And we'd run shows there. Um, the, the WXW, which still is a indie promotion. I think they're in Florida now, but, uh, still run by, uh, Afa. Um, but I think it was that when I met Bundy, um, cause you know, we knew who was going to be on the card. We knew who was going to be there. And like Gilberg was there. That was like, that was kind of cool. Like, Oh, it's Gilberg, you know, Dwayne Gill, whatever. You know, I was, but it was still cool to meet him because he's, and honestly, man, he, Dwayne Gill's a super guy, uh, real super guy. I'll tell you a funny story about him and Bundy though when I'm done. But well, like when when you like you see Bundy coming and it's like you see him like walking through and it's like oh my god, that's really King Kong Bundy. So I didn't want to like be a like a super a super geek a super mark. So I just kind of did my thing. I sat you know where I sat and you know put my gear on. And he and Bundy's a real personable guy. He walks around, he talks to everybody, and he kind of that's where I kind of got the introduction to where you like you know you don't just kind of sit and keep to yourself because it's not really what you do. When they you know how they talk about like they call wrestlers like the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, the it's the, it kind of means like you know going around and like you know get along with everybody, talk to everybody. I mean, of course, there's people that don't get along, but for the most part, everybody's just you know friendly on some sort of uh, level. And he was going around talking to everybody. Like, he introduced himself to everybody. He came around, and after he was comfortable and sitting down, you know, he's actually sitting, like, a couple uh, seats down from me. He's like, oh, so, uh, young, 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 good-looking kid. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm like, good. He goes, ah, I take shits bigger than you. Uh, you know, that was awesome. You know, and, <laughs> was, but, was he but, still but, but he always Was he still, like, wrestling too big? Was he still that big? He was like, he was like, remember when he wrestled the Undertaker at oh, WrestleMania? He wasn't, he wasn't as big, like, like size wise, but like Undertaker. But he, no, he was, he was like, about like he was when he wrestled him at WrestleMania. What was it? Nine, eight, I, I, seven. I, my WrestleMania is getting blurred after a while. They do. I think I'm going to say eight or nine, but whatever, whatever it was, he was about that big. He was not as like rotund, but real big and husky. I'm going to say he was about 6'5". Probably, I'm going to give him 480, 470. Still big. I mean, this man was was a mountain. And when he shook your hand, dude, he was one of those guys like, and he wasn't like trying to kill you. He would just like shake your hand like, like, a, like a man, like, you know, like, huh. But dude, we got to be really good friends because I saw him on a couple different indie shows. Like I wrestled a couple shows in New York. Um, You know, you know, away from like the WXW, um, because you know, that like sometimes, you know, you, you, you meet people, that's your network and you meet people say, Hey, can you come up and work this show for me? Yeah. And I met him in, uh, Syracuse at an indie show. And then I also met him in a couple other, uh, 
indie shows in Pennsylvania, I did too. And each time, man, he remembered me. He's like, he's like, oh, oh, you're, you're that blonde kid, office, office, blonde, one office blonde kid. Yeah, I know who you are. You know, how you doing? He, 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 like, it wasn't just like a hi, whatever. He would sit and we'd, we'd, we'd BS, man. It was great. That's kind of. He's like, oh, you look good. That's got to yeah, be a, he's like, like, a holy shit good. moment, right? Oh, it was it was amazing. I'm like, like, like when you're by yourself at the end of the day, you're like, holy shit, that was King Kong Bundy. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, dude. And like he was like talking to me and like t- he he's like, I'm gonna watch your match. I'm gonna see how you're doing now. Uh, 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 you know, and I'm like, cool. And he really did. I I like you could look over because I know like the wrestlers know where the boys are looking to watch. You know, they look over and you see this big shadow, and I was like, holy shit, man, Bundy's watching my match. And like I came back, he goes, "Hey, you're all right. You're stronger than you look, you know, and whatever." And he's, it's just, it's so cool, man. It was so cool. He was so, but I, when it came down to it, when you were talking to him, he was such a nice person. I mean, he was a wise guy, and he was really brash. And dude, he'd tell you right off the bat what's on his mind. Like if he didn't like something, like boom, he didn't like it. He'd tell you like flat out, not dickish, but a little bit. <laughs> but dude, he was so cool, man. He was so cool to me. He was so cool to me. How, it, it was like, how is it? I, I'm a little annoyed at this too. That we 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 did lose touch a little bit after high school, and I, it's like the fact that I didn't get to go see you wrestle really annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, isn't that weird, dude? I would have thought that like we would have been like you would have been at least one of them, dude. If you were doing shows you in know? New York, you know I would have been there. The closest one I did, you're gonna you're gonna rip your hair out, Tim. I just I did a show in Yonkers, man. You know, I definitely would have been there if I would have known. Man, I didn't, and you know, I don't think I had your number by then because you might have just gotten back from California. No, this is '97, so you were in New York again. Oh, definitely. You were definitely in New York, and we did it at Yonkers. At oh, uh, I was in Brooklyn at that time. Okay, so I was, you know, probably half hour away. Dude, whatever. I didn't know you were wrestling until I saw your picture in the Courier with the tag title. Really? Yeah. So how long was that no after kidding. you started? That was probably a year. Yeah, see, so I didn't even know you. Were maybe, doing that maybe for, two. For maybe time. two. Wow, two years. Yeah, late '96 is when I started. So, damn, that, that pisses me off. Yeah, so, yeah, that is kind of a bummer, man. Because you, you would, you would have had such a, you had a blast, dude. It was awesome. Like, oh, I would, a few. I, I wouldn't want to get involved. I definitely would have got involved with it. Oh, like screaming and stuff? Oh, yeah. I would have told you to hit me or spit on me or something. I would have, I would have really... Well, you were a good guy, though. Um, Yeah, I was I was a baby face. Back, there were, back when there was, like, the, you know, the, you know, the line with baby face and heel was still real, you know? Even though they were, like, starting to boo the baby faces and cheer the heels, and, like, they were, they were still prominent. Because I wore, uh, I wore, like, the black black or the blue trunks or white trunks and like i had the white knee pads and the white boots and the tassels and stuff like i was kind of like half carrie von eric half rocker half like you know what i mean i like had a little mix of a few things and had my own style but it was cool my partner vince was great god man he was such a great dude Dude, uh he still wrestles i think so mad that i didn't get to see wrestle i definitely would have gotten involved somehow Somehow, somehow. That would have been so much fun, dude. We would have had a blast, dude. I might have even have kept doing it longer if, like, you were involved in it with me, man. That's one of those things we'll never, we'll never get back. Unfortunately, we'll never get back. But hey, we got this now. We 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 can. Absolutely. This is and this is this is awesome. We're going to turn this into something awesome. 
Yeah. It definitely right. is. So what do you say? Uh, yeah, so after, right after our first episode, we decided that we were going to pick a uh, 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 some kind of show, a pay-per-view, uh, you know, an incident or something to discuss. And my yeah. friend Eric picked WrestleMania. Is that which WrestleMania again? Uh, SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam. I'm sorry. What yeah, SummerSlam. 92, right? 1990, yeah, 1992 from Wembley Stadium in London, England. So so naturally, I said, okay, let me go fire up the network. Let me sit down and watch SummerSlam 92 because I fully admit this was around the time where I was kind of getting tired. If you weren't in the click, I really wasn't paying attention. If you weren't Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley or or one of the legends. I really wasn't paying attention because I really hated the clowns and the and the and the uh, the, the firemen and the whatever else, the garbage men. So I decided to watch yeah. SummerSlam '92, and dude, we definitely don't agree on how great SummerSlam '92 was. <laughs> it was probably the end of an era, man. Like it was where, like the Federation era, like where. Like the, I'll call it like the Coliseum video era, like where that kind of thing was kind of starting to fade off, and and Monday Night Raw was just starting up, because it was ninety two. Raw started in what ninety three, mm-hmm. so like it was it was like months later that Raw started. But like you're talking the Bre- the rise of Bret Hart, the rise of the Undertaker. Shawn Michaels is just out on his own. So this this pay-per-view is important because it really showcased a lot of the star guys that were going on to be the big stars of the company. So, and I just liked it because it's real nostalgic for me. Um, it was just, I don't know, it just something about the production of it. The matches were great. The way the matches went were great. Um, I thought it was put together real well. And I, I think it's a fun pay-per-view. I really do. All right, well, let's um, uh, let's. See. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. I want you to, t- you know, we'll go match by match. We'll break it down. We'll talk a little bit about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly gonna be negative. I'm not gonna lie. Not just because I didn't like like <laughs> the matches or anything. It's just those the guys that were mostly involved were like, oh, this guy, oh, these guys. It was that kind of thing oh, for me watching it. But like I said, you maybe you could swing me a little bit, change my mind. Yeah, well. Here, here's the deal. Like, it started off kind of. I mean, you know, you had, you had the the first match, and I'm not even sure. I think this was a dark match, but I've seen it because, like, I think they showed it on, like, you like I said before, the Coliseum videos that used to come out. You should be able to buy like through the magazine and stuff. The Bushwhackers and Duggan uh, wrestled the Mountie and the Nasty Boys. I can't remember if that was on or not. Did we that wasn't on the pay per view, right? The I one that we was. watched. I think it was. Was it? I'm pretty sure I remember that. Maybe but it was. That, that, but that's not one of those matches. Now I don't mind watching because that's like I said that's nostalgia. That's no. pretty but good. As um, much as I don't like the it, Bushwhackers and and uh, you got to remember, I turned heel at an early age. Yeah, you did too. So it's like the Bushwhackers well, you know. and and Duggan. I was you know I, Duggan. Now you like you know. You want to meet him and talk to him and you and laugh about him, but back then I was like, eh, whatever. No, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking like this is a huge like gimmicked up match. I mean, you got the Bushwhackers and and Duggan, you know, they were like the the big slobbery guys, you know, like like screaming and yelling, you know, and then you got the Mounting and the Nasty Boys, like they're 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 total total dicks, you know, really getting the crowd going. Nasty Boys are cool. I met them too. They're from Allentown, by the way. Um. 
but they uh that was that was an okay match. I, it was it was all right. Um, Papa Shango and Tito Santana was was a decent match. That's match number two. I'm running through these quick because they're not sticking out as much as like I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of be with you on this one. Like T- Tito was kind of getting towards the twilight of his WWF career. Papa Shango was a great character. I like no, I like Papa Shango. And, I did. You know, it was a little didn't... ridiculous, but yeah, I liked Papa Shango. Yeah, it was again, a very cool character. Again, I'm, I turned heel early, but see, now Tito Santana, he never left the seventies. No, that's the problem no. with Tito. I mean, Tito again, no. great for the seventies, great for the eighties, but once you start hitting the nineties, you're like, all right, dude, stop, just please yeah. stop now. Yeah, there was an epic shift, and like Tito missed it, man. Like, you know, he was still like in the like the. I mean, he reminds me of, like, the television show Chips or something like that. You know what I mean? His haircut and everything. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. He looks like he could be riding a motorcycle in a cop uniform, like, you know what I mean, and arresting people. Dude, he was no Eric Estrada. No, he's not. Is that what I'm connecting him with, like, another Latino guy? Dude, I think that's kind of racist. I think it's kind of, I think you're profiling. Am I profiling right now? (laughs) Am I profiling right now? You're profiling Tito Santana to Eric Estrada. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. Um, so anyway, that match was okay. That were in six minutes, so you know it was like a, and I and you know Shango basically. I, I'm going to call it a squash. It probably wasn't because Tito had a couple high spots, but the next match, man, Legion of Doom against Money Inc was a good match because you got two guys, uh, Mike Rotunda, who obviously was Erwin Archester and DiBiase were were like some of the best workers in the business. As far as in-ring work and, and technical work, I mean, these guys were great. Then, of course, you got the Legion of Doom, man, the the, the big, you know, the big bloated, blown-up Road Warriors. I mean, when wasn't it not cool to see them? I mean, the Road Warriors were awesome, especially in the 80s, man, when it was just like you were just scared to death when you watched them come out with the spikes and stuff. It was great. And this match was pretty cool. Well, I think I said it on the... Uh... On the seat, the the Spark Army show we did, I wasn't a fan of right. them. I liked them as the Road Warriors, yeah, but I wasn't Legion a fan of, of the Legion of Doom. No, they watered them down as Vince does, because you know everybody knows Vince likes likes the guys with the muscles and the bodies. So that's probably primarily why he got them. Um, as far as using them good, I don't think he used them good in this this aspect here. I mean, he's obviously grasping at straws with the tag team division. That's like an early like like precursor to the like the doom of tag team wrestling for a while. Because let's face it, man, for a long time, dude, in the, in the end of the '90s, early 2000s, tag team wrestling was almost dead. There it's was still, like it's art. still not really re- really revived. No, it, it it still flounders, man. It goes up and down. I just don't know what happened, man. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have we to do some to investigating. Tag teams not too long ago, we couldn't even come up with. We couldn't even come up with until we really thought about it. We're like, oh, okay, I forgot about them. Forgot about them. Forgot about them. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it's tough because, and I don't know what happened. Um, I I kind of think the rise of like uh, like Steve Austin, and you know these giant like long promos in the ring, kind of took away from like the the actual work in the ring. And let's let's face it, man, like a tag team match. I mean. That that's kind of got to go at least like eight, six eight minutes, you know, unless it's a Legion of Doom or Demolition squashing somebody. But um, uh, as far as matches go, it was okay. 
And like I said, the next match, Virgil um, gets defeated by Nails. What did you do? Now, okay. Let, let, let's let's this look at one this. Of those matches, I'm like, are you kidding me? This yeah. was an actual this... match at an actual pay-per-view? Now, break this down, dude. You're, you, you are overseas. You are in London, England. And I really hope that people, if they listen from the UK, don't judge me on that. I can do a way better London accent and not London English accent than that. I'm just doing it for just to be a jerk. But like, think about your, okay. 80,000, like some odd people are in Wembley stadium, Tim. And the fourth match is fricking nails against Virgil. Like you wait, you're wait, you're waiting for something like to happen. And you're like, like what the hell's going on here? You, you know, you just heard it. You just heard the crickets. When you, after yeah. you, even you said it, I fell asleep. Yeah, I was like, you know, I was waiting for you to throw up. So it's it's like you know, I don't I don't care how much they want to push Virgil. I don't care how much they want to push Nails. Nails sucks. Um, Virgil might be a nice guy. In fact, he was at one of the. I was at a show where he was at. I didn't really talk to him. I introduced myself. He kind of gave me the hey, whatever. I'm a huge dick. So. That that's where I stand with that, but you know, I I don't understand like because Vince had a lot of talent back then. Like, I mean, dude, Razor Ramon didn't even have a match on here, and he was there. He was like in involved in the uh, in the uh, what match were they involved in the? I, dude, I'm Savage, like, I, I already forgot the Savage and the Warrior match because Flair was feuding with Savage. So and remember, Razor was was kicking around with him and Perfect for a while. So that's where that correlates to. But yeah, no, Nails sucks. Virgil sucks. Now, Tim. Wait, wait. Let me ask a question real, real, real quick. Nails. Is he Nails. anybody? Was he anybody else? Was he another character? Was he anyone yes. important? S- sort of. He was in the, the old AWA, which I watched quite a bit, and I know enough about um because you know awas were kurt henning scott hall uh the road warriors all those guys wrestled back in the day it was a big deal back in the 70s and 80s even earlier than that but as far as what we would know like late 70s early 80s awa was really prominent really big um he was uh i think he was kevin kelly uh mr magnificent or something he's a big dude and uh did he accomplish anything? He, he was, he, I think Medusa was his manager. He wasn't really, didn't like win a championship, but like he had a pretty good gimmick going. He was, and he was a big, big dude. And Nails was kind of like his, his defining moment, you know? And that's not good. I, I think it was Kevin Kelly was his name. Yep. No, and from what on. I understand, he was. Let's move on from, let's, let's move on from that, that match. That, that's just a terrible. That, that should never be a pay-per-view match. No, that should have been scrapped, man. And but dude, like I was saying, match number five here, man. We're 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 at the probably one of the best matches on there, entertainment wise. You got Rick Martel against Shawn Michaels, man. An early, young, cocky Shawn Michaels. With Sherry. This match I enjoyed very much. This is a great match. I think this is the best match. You do? To me, everything else was downhill after this. After this, this was this was this was your yeah. Th- me personally, that was my. I thought I thought it was a great story. 
Uh, I'm not a big Rick Martel guy either, but I thought this match no. was great. I agree. Rick Martel, I think Rick Martel is cool, and he's a great guy. Um, I enjoyed uh, the model, like in the, when he was early. Model. Yeah. But no, um, no, he's wrestling Shawn Michaels, dude. So there's, there's, he's whoever's wrestling Shawn's second fiddle to me. Dude, ask so, Strauss next time you see him how many times we spread each other in the face with some kind of cologne and just screamed arrogance. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Strauss. Always getting something sprayed in your face or, or something, and you got to yell arrogance. Outstanding. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. With the atomizer, whatever they were, they're called, yeah, they're great. Like you, can't, um, you can't walk through a mall with that guy, and he'll spray you with something. Arrogance. Arrogance. Is but yeah, that was a great, a great name for a cologne, too. It would be. I don't know why nobody ever capitalized on that. Let's Vince trademark it. No, I, like, I, I, I thought that was a good match. Plus, that was um, that was the beginning of Sherry leaving Sean, right? Yeah, she wasn't with him much longer, man. Like, it was it was pretty clear that he could get over on his own, and I think she ended up going to WCW after that with Harlem Heat. Yeah, matter yeah. of fact, and you know who came in next? Big Daddy Cool came in because she left. He needed a bodyguard. That's right. He needed a bodyguard. Bodyguard. So it was it was the Royal Rumble '93. So he was coming pretty quick. Coming pretty quick. But uh, that was a good match. Uh, they weren't allowed to, what, hit each other in the face until they both said to hell with it and just started socking each other. But uh, what, what a great stipulation that is. What a great, yeah. And she's, like, fainting and stuff. Like, ah. Uh, like, it, it, it's total gimmick match from, you know, back in the day. Um, That's why I like that. I, it was totally, you said it was totally 80s, 90s gimmick. Yeah. With, big, with two, big, big time guys, that stuff. Like you said, Martel was a good worker, and Sean was just coming up. And I, I really like watching early Sean now. Yeah. Uh, he It's so much fun watching him because he really is good back then, still. I mean, or he was good back then. Um, you could tell he had the makings of, and I understand why Vince, you know, put him single because he, he was great, man. Excuse me. He knew his way around that ring. He knew what to do. He knew how to work the crowd. So to me, I, I'll say this is possibly the best match. Might be the best match, but not my favorite. Okay. Um, what was after that? Let, let's see. After, what, let's see how I, I thought it was downhill after that. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, the next match is the Natural Disasters. Of course, you got Earthquake and Typhoon, who are the tag team champions. By the way, this is the tag team title match. Tim, by the way against the Beverly Brothers with the Genius. Now, before we get into, you know, kicking these guys and throwing them under the bus, I want to tell you something, man. Because <laughs> you know I'm going to. I know you're going to. You I, know, I, you, I can, you know I'm going to throw the Beverly Brothers under the bus hard. I see the Greyhound coming already, man. <laughs> but I actually liked the Beverly Brothers, man. I thought, you know, back then you were kind of like, eh, eh. Looking back now, like, dude, they were cool. They were cocky. They were arrogant. I mean, they sucked, but like they won matches and like they, they were just a couple of douchebags, but it was so cool. And I, you got to go back, get on YouTube and listen to their entrance music, man. It's like, it's like a cheesy, like game show entrance. Um, you, when you're a kid, when you're at that age, you, you know, again, you forget about, you don't see the wrestling yet. No, just like I, I can appreciate a lot of guys now that I couldn't appreciate when I was a kid. 
But like, oh, like, like the Beverly Brothers, I'm like, these guys are too ugly to think that they're that pretty. Yeah. And it, and it used to drive me crazy. I'm like, these two dudes, this doesn't fit their, it doesn't fit the gimmick. I was like, these no. guys are too ugly. They're too ugly no. to be doing this. I think that's why Big I hated, I hated them so much. And you know, the one even had like a mullet and a mustache. I mean, come yes. on, man, you talk about strike one and two. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said, they don't, they, and they were in purple. I'm like, dude, this doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. It's kind of like um, the what was it the Rock and Roll Express? Beautiful, uh, movie, right? You know, whoever. Um, but they had Ricky the Martin and Robert Gibson. Yeah, yeah, but they had this gimmick to where they were the he's good looking guy. I'm like, dude, no, no, these guys are ugly. And I don't know how that this gimmick they off. But again, back now, I understand they were great wrestlers. Yeah. They were great workers. Now I get it. But the the thing is, dude. Let's do a little tidbit on the Rock and Roll Express here. They were over. As ugly and as shitty as as they looked, man, well, down you, south, they would sell arenas out, and they would get mobbed. You can like thank Jim south- Cornette, too, don't forget. No, yeah, he was done the opposing, you know, yeah. so he he brought heat to them. He had the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, it was, those matches were always ridiculous, and Jim Cornette knew how to bring that heat. He still does. Oh, he still does. He almost just mounts oh, his heat. Automatically, there's heat. Oh, yeah. He He's just got that natural heat. He's got the natural... And he's smart about shit, you know? I'll give him that. I don't always agree with his opinion, but he's smart about shit. But no, this this match was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> you know, you got these two giants. I mean, how you know, Earthquake's like six foot nine. He's, a, he's an actual... Earthquake was a real athlete. John Tenta, he was like a real sumo a real accomplished wrestler in, in like high school. And I think in college, I'm not sure, but like, he was a real deal, man. He was like a real athlete. But let's Tough not forget too. not long after that match, they became the shark and the shock master. Yeah. And we saw what happened after that, <laughs> but yeah, the Beverly brothers, they kind of faded too, but like it, no, yeah, they, you know, they have like a, like a, like a vintage kind of like funny, gimmicky now but back then it's like oh man i hated those guys i and again yeah, I, you, I turned heel early i couldn't get I, I was like no i can't get on board with these guys i'll take the no. disasters all day over those guys beverly's were actually the heels i know that's what i'm saying i i, I can't Isn't that weird? Heel. I, I can't get on board with them so i was like boom natural disasters Love huh. it. <laughs> squash them which they did which was awesome yeah so next Okay, here it is, dude. This is my second favorite match of the card. And you're going to know why. Because it's Kona Crush versus the Repo Man. <laughs> and, dude, you knew I was a huge Kona Crush fan. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. But, again, now, now, seriously, though, looking back on it, is this a pay-per-view worthy match? This is, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It makes no sense because they had no feud. You have two members, former members of Demolition, who the Smart Marks knew Repo Man was Smash and Crush was Crush. Obviously, they didn't change his name. I didn't know Repo Man was Smash right away. I'll, I'll admit it right now. I did not put it together right away. I did, and the only reason why is because I saw the 
uh, uh, pad on his arm, and I saw the tattoo. And then the I was tattoo, looking at him. And the tattoo gave it away too for me, also in the WWF yeah. magazine. Yep. I'm like, and then I'm like, tattoo looks really familiar. Then I'm like, oh my god, it's Smash. It's Smash from Demolition. But dude, I don't know. There's something about Kona Crush. He's just big and strong, and he kicks so much ass. And he was. I just thought he was cool. We had like this long mullet. And he he would grab like three hundred pound guys and just press them over his head like they were nothing. So I immediately gravitated to him because he. I just I just liked his style and how he was. He was he Actual. was demolition right before he was Kona Crush. Yeah, he was demolition Crush. That's he was right. demolition Crush. I get confused sometimes. Where he was, uh, but yeah, he came in as, as Crush Demolition first. Then he became the Hawaiian guy. Yeah, just Kona Crush. So, but yeah, no, it makes no sense because they had no feud. But they were. I can see now why because Repo played like the classic heel, and Crush played the classic babyface. And this was kind of a match. I mean, Crush was colorful. Crush was like you know he he was the kind of guy that would help old ladies across the street and kiss babies and. You know, carry your gar- carry your groceries in for you. So I can see where this match was important, and I can see why, because he was over, big time over. And that's another reason I think they threw it on there, because they pushed him, man. They pushed Crush. I mean, he was, like, fighting Yokozuna and all this stuff later on. But, yeah, I thought this match was great. I just thought it was so cool, and I love the, the Kona Crush. And when he crushed him... And then that music played. I loved it, man. So this is my second favorite match. Like second said, favorite match. We'll agree to disagree on that one. But I get it. I get why you <laughs> like it. I get why you like it. Yeah. <clears throat> was let's go on. Let's go maybe on possibly. This possibly might be your favorite match. Ultimate Warrior against Savage. This yeah. is for the heavyweight title, who Savage had. Remember, he won it from Ric Flair. At WrestleMania. Now, we had this discussion the night we both watched this. And I'm going to say this right now for everybody mm-hmm. listening. I hated Randy Savage's clothes, his gear, in this match so much that it took me out of the match. Go Google I remember you saying that. this costume right now. It looks like oh. a little girl drew it in kindergarten. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear this for you. Dig it. And it's the ugliest, <laughs> stupidest looking outfit I've ever saw in my life. And it literally took me out. The match might have been the greatest match of all time. I couldn't see it. I couldn't get past the outfit. I'm like, why is my childhood hero dressed like a flower? Yeah. Looked like Soul Train threw up. And it's it's awful. Got, like, I don't like when two... I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You got two... Back then, I don't think... It, Hogan Warrior worked. But I don't know. Two, Hogan Warrior. Two, two faces going at it didn't really do it for me back in the day. Not with Savage, man. This this one didn't work. Um, I think they were both too intense. I think they were both too strong of personalities. And I think their styles were too similar different yet similar. They were but Savage was just such a good worker. I think he could work with anybody and make anybody look good, which let's face it. If it, if Warrior was wrestling anybody else, then Savage in a match like this, I mean, it would have been the shits, man. Because I'm going to be the first to tell you, the Warrior didn't really know how to work that well. He knew how to do his gimmick, 
And he did that very, very well. Which, as you know, and we've talked about, in the future, I will make the case for the Ultimate Warrior. For the future episode. But that that's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> What's going to happen tonight is, A, Savage was, you know, dressed like a, you know, a box of glitter that blew up in like a McDonald's Happy Meal. It was awful, and the warrior too. Like he was, I think he was wearing that bodysuit yeah, or something. Yeah, he was bodysuiting it by then. By then, yeah, and it, you know that was stupid. You know, but it the looked cool... like, it looked it looked like two hippies. It did. I'm like, what is going on here? And then Flair and Perfect were down at ringside, and what was wasn't that? Flair, oh, you, don't, we don't, you don't know who Perfect's going to be, what side he's going to be on, who's corner he's going to be, and I'm like, what? What is going on here? Yeah. But Rick Flair, here comes Rick Flair. Now, why didn't Flair wrestle at this? Is this is what I'm coming at? Why did not? Why did Rick Flair not wrestle at SummerSlam? Exactly. Are you are you telling me that there's nobody that Vince could have found for Rick Flair to friggin' wrestle? Why did Why didn't he wrestle Martel? Why didn't he wrestle Shawn Michaels? This is why, why, this wrestle, is why, why didn't he wrestle the Bulldog or Bret Hart? Why didn't Ric Flair wrestle the British Bulldog, man? Well, wasn't that the main event? That was the main event. Nah, well, that, that was, that, that was a good main event. That was a good main event. Wasn't a, wasn't a bad match. Yeah. Actually, it was a very, very good match. But there's two matches before that, and the best match of the card, in my opinion, Uh-oh. is the match that is directly after. Okay. Well, let's, all right, let's get past Randy Savage and his horrible outfit. Yeah, we we might need to put that to rest. God bless you, Randy. You were you were one of the friggin' greatest of all time. But man, you had to be losing your, you know, you must have been getting excited. I'm gonna post that picture with this episode when the episode goes up. I'm gonna post a picture of Savage in those clothes, and then yeah, and then, and then I'm gonna delete it forever. Yeah, but we want your feedback on it. You gotta you gotta drop a million comments, please. Let us know how bad it is. Match nine. The best, best, best by far match on the card. The Undertaker versus Kamala. <laughs> but wasn't this, wasn't it only like three seconds long? Am I remembering that wrong? No, you're right. It's about five minutes. <laughs> so why and is you, this, why and, is and this you, a great match? And you know what? Three minutes of it was their entrances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why was this a great match? Because, dude. The entrances is why. Kamala comes down. I mean, he's this like savage from Africa. Like, the, and t- t- talk about and here and no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna redeem myself. I, he's just think about the time and place and emotion of the late '80s, early '90s. Think about like they they like Kamala is a big black guy. Okay. Who his own by his own doing did his own gimmick as a, a savage from deep from you know where was he from uh not Sudan wherever he was from Africa <laughs> wasn't he from the deepest darkest or was that Akim that was Akim <laughs> well where, wherever the hell Kamala was from um you know he wore the big uh, the big mask and he had like the the paint and like. His music was like scary because you like thought like a bunch of cannibals were gonna come out and like start eating you, like because I was like it was it was kind of creepy, man. But like how 
how stereotypical, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you got like this handler, you know, and then, then you got like Harvey Whippleman. Kim Chi, baby. Kim Chi. But Harvey was cool. Come on. Harvey was cool. I mean, he, he was a little bastard, but he was cool. But you know you got you got you got Kamala the Uganda he was from the Ugandan giant. Oh Uganda yeah of course how did you forget that? How did we forget the Ugandan giant? But dude like he's in the ring he's scary as hell. You know everybody in England's like you know like oh my god look look there's a black guy you know you can see it in their faces I mean I know there's black people in England but still you know I'm 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 not gonna. Let's not let's not pretend that like like English people don't don't like look at black you know like oh bloody look is a bloody black man you know what I mean it's like they they look at the they 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 it's like they never saw this like a like a you're a getting awful racial tonight I'm not trying to be I hope everybody knows this is lighthearted no it's I'm not it's, it's joking I understand no I'm it is joking I think it's funny and it's it's very period is what I'm trying to say during. SummerSlam 92, this was like, you know, how things were looked at, you know? Um, but seriously, like, you know, there's this, there's this, this, this big dude from, from Africa. And he, I mean, Tim, you know, to a little kid or even a teenager, he's pretty scary, you know? And all of a sudden, man, like you see this guy, he's like, he's, he's like a, he's like an animal. He's like out of control. And you got kimchi trying to hold him back. And you got Harvey Whippleman, his little pipsqueak running his mouth. You know, he's like his little geeky white nerd, you know, but he's got a huge, deep voice. Remember that? White people, man. Well, what the hell's wrong with white people anyway? Always, hold, always holding down the Ugandan giants. Yeah, you know, right? Like, he, he's like 28 times his size, and he's still listening to his little twerp and a, and a bad tie. Poor but anyway, Kamala. Come on, Kamala. But anyway, all of a sudden, man, all of a sudden, it just you hear the bell, the bell tolls, and, and it's the old school Undertaker music. Like the funeral, like you're at a real funeral. Like you, 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 the first time you hear the music, you think who died, you know? Yeah, that, that was a good song. That was awesome. So here he comes. So you got Paul Bearer walking, but then you got this old, like this old English hearse with a with a real casket in the back, and the Undertaker riding on the back of it. With a, I think was that the one with the Raven? I think there's a Raven too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, it was awesome. It was so cool, and that—that's when I think he got one of the biggest pops for back then at that, you know, at that place, you know, because he gets into the ring, you know, and Kamala's scared shitless. Because you got to understand, here's what I'm trying to get at, people: is like Kamala was very fierce and very scary. Like he was known back then as as, as frightening. I mean, because like you know, he was the gimmick he was portraying was an African savage. You know what I mean? He had this giant mask with huge teeth. He was out of control in the ring. And like you back then, you know, when the when the line was still blurry, I mean, you didn't know like if he was going to attack you or what, you know, he was going to do. So he he was portraying that gimmick very well. So like Kamala was never scared, never backed off until he wrestled the Undertaker. And he was scared shitless and dude I, I love seeing this through your eyes i really do oh dude it was so awesome because like the under he just walks in the ring he's like this he's like solomon grundy you know and he like just creeps into the ring he's just like looking around like all slow 
and Kamala gets all freaky and comes at him, and Undertaker just just starts slapping him around and beating the crap out of him. And then they do that. He does the big splashes and like he does like ten of them or whatever it was, maybe like three or four. And the Undertaker get, he got disqualified, I believe, because he just you know I think he hit the ref and he wouldn't stop and this and that. But of course, you know the Undertaker rises up and chases him off, and the Undertaker Kamala's scared shitless, runs off, and then Wembley Stadium freaks out. The one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. It's one of the most entertaining matches I've ever seen. I mean, I'm not going to get all all Dave Meltzer and be like, oh, the negative three star. I mean, what, what kind of a jerk is he? Anyway. I, I dig your energy. I dig your energy behind that match. I really do. I just thought it was I thought it was fantastic. And that, that like, but cemented. See, I'm seeing it through your, how old are you then? How old were you during SummerSlam 92? Let's see. It was August. We'll just say August 92. I was... 16 going on 17. Well, see, I'm seeing this through your 16-year-old eyes then. Yeah, you're seeing this through 16-year-old Eric's eyes. Which is also seeing it through Eric's kid's eyes. Because, you know, wrestling back then, that's how that effect on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't see it, but I get it. So I'm digging it. Seeing it. Yeah. I'm digging your energy (laughs) about Kamala. (laughs) Oh, Kamala, yeah. You know, well, I've 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 hit the, you know. I fit black people and and Latino. People. I don't know who's next. Is I'm just digging myself a hole over here. Next, we're gonna start with Mr. Fuji and the Japanese. Yeah, well, I'm sure I'll get to that. You know, might might as well just go for the hat trick. <laughs> well, well, actually, what, you what know, match was after that? You know what's funny about that? Mr. Fuji's in the next match. See, there you go. He's wrestling. <laughs> Excuse me. And oh, this is even better, Tim. We have a Native American too in the match. It's Tatanka versus the Berserker with Mr. Fuji. Oh, now how is this match right before the main event? Oh, and it's a dark match. I think I don't think we watched this one. I don't think it's on the actual pay per view itself because this is when they were going to interviews with the British Bulldog and with Bret Hart and doing the whole build up. You know how they did that? Yeah, they had the whole history on the pay per view. Like that we actually watched, but while that was going on, like you always, I always used to wonder. Anyway, maybe I'm, I'm like a weirdo, but like, what what are they doing in the, in the arena? Like when we're watching all this, you know? Because a lot of times it was live, you know, you were watching it live. Wow, so here's Tatanka. what they did. What's that? I said, wow, Tatanka versus Berserker. Tatanka versus the Berserker, as you would, as you probably can guess, it was five five minutes long, because the Berserker was just out of his mind, you know, and he portrayed he. He lived up to his name. He's berserk. Remember the, what do you do? Huss. Huss. And, and see, the, this is why I slowly began pulling away from wrestling a little bit. Or Strauss when we need him. He loved that. Uh, we'll get, Strauss him, we'll, we'll get him on the phone when we have the call-ins. We got to get Strauss on the line. But <laughs> So anyway, Tatanka, Native American, uh, um, uh, poorly portrayed, I might, might add. Um, you know, I mean, he's actually Native American. That's fine. But I mean, I don't know. This is, what 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 was Vince trying to do here? Seriously, you know, like he wasn't winning over anybody. And Tatanka was pretty unoriginal because what it was just in Dances with Wolves, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, come on, Vince. I mean, you were reaching. But Chris Chavez, I've met him before. I think you know, just for like a hi goodbye kind of thing. Nice guy, really nice guy. Um, I never met the Berserker, but you know, then you got Mister Fuji. Uh. 
you know, Japanese. I got, you know, I got, Great I got manager. nothing. Great manager. I got nothing though, racially. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go. You know, I, I, I guess I bear. You know, I've said enough. <laughs> another, another, another. When you wrestled uh, Paul Strauss or one of his brothers, you had to be careful not to get a, a face full of powder. A face full right. of powder. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the Mr. Fuji throwing the salt. Fuji dust, baby. Yeah. Oh my God. The Fuji dust. Yeah. When you when you fought Paul or one of the Strauss boys in that house on Third Street, yeah, you had to watch out for Fuji dust. You had to watch out for arrogance. You had to watch out for anything. So they had a lot of foreign objects. Oh, definitely. Wow, that's yeah, pretty it, cool. It was anything goes in that house. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, well, this this match sucks. Main event time. You got the British Bulldog wrestling his brother-in-law, Bret the Hitman Hart. Which, of course, technically speaking, was the best match of the night. Technically speaking, yes. That was a, it. Was a phenomenal wrestling match. It really was. And it did because... have a great story going on. It really did have the whole family drama thing down good. Yeah. Oh, it did. And remember, too, you got the home country boy. The British Bulldog, you know, he's a, a countryman, you know, he's, I think he's from Northern England, I think Manchester. That's actually a good, ma- I just did a good accent for that, by the way. Um, so he was in, he was in England wrestling a Canadian, you know, so that's kind of a little contrast of countries, you know, that's kind of cool. See, I so liked, uh, I was more of a fan of smaller Bulldog. Davy Boy when he was with the Dynamite Kid. Me too. I wasn't a fan of juiced up Davy. No, I mean he was. It was was still a very good match, though. It was a good match, and let's let's face it, man. Uh, Davy Boy can wrestle, man. He was a good, good wrestler. Oh, he was. I'll I'll never take that away from him. He really was. And you you pair him in there with you know the excellence of execution. You got the makings of a good match, which, like you said. Technically speaking, this is the best match on the card. This is one of the best matches the WWF ever had, I think. Like, oh, I'd put absolutely. it I'd put it in the top ten. I really would put it in the top ten. Yeah, and you know what was... Match. That's a great story, great uh, background, great ending, great everything. Yep. Not a great ending for the Bulldog, though, because not long after, he and the Ultimate Warrior got busted for, for steroids. So and he went to they, they, for a while. Uh, Bulldog did. Yep. Yeah. Don't yep. He, I, was, he was involved in that Shockmaster garbage too. He was involved with the Shockmaster crap. He wrestled Regal a couple times. Um, I think he wrestled Vader too. And then he came back to tag with Owen. But yeah, that's uh, and of course he ended up winning the uh, Intercontinental title. Like I said, uh, I think Brett ended up winning it back, right? Or did Perfect beat him? No, Perfect wasn't wrestling by then. I think it was Brett. I think Brett won it back. Or no, Shawn Michaels did, didn't he? Was that the beginning? From Bulldog? That might have been the beginning of his run. Oh, yeah, possibly. That might have been the beginning of his run. We'll have to look that up. Sorry we're not prepared. but <laughs> we, we didn't take notes. Yeah, well, the only we thing I was worried... I, I just wanted to racially profile every every uh, ethnic wrestler <laughs> on the card. <laughs> Everybody's Eric Estrada now. Everybody's Eric Estrada Hey, did you see Eric Estrada the other night? <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah. Um, so there's SummerSlam 92 um, overall. And, you know, I'm not I'm, – my energy, like you said, is is probably good. But I recommend people go out and watch it because it's very colorful. Um, it, it's shot differently. Like the camera's different because, I don't know, English cameras are backwards or something. I don't know. But it, it's got like a different look. Um, it's got different like angles and like – it's got like that British graininess, you know, like Doctor Who. You know what I mean? Back in the day. And – um, a Heenan and uh, Vince called it, which is kind of an odd pairing, I thought, for the time. But it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I just realized something. I, I've been picking on the British people for a while tonight too, haven't I? Ah, hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. You know, they, they don't really look. Sometimes you, know, you gotta go heal, man. Sometimes you gotta you gotta go heal. You gotta go heal. But by the way, I am a big uh, William Regal fan. Anyway. That's my cap of SummerSlam, and what, what what was your overall, after you watched it, what was your overall impression of SummerSlam 92? I'll sum it up this way. SummerSlam 92 was the reason why I, I really was out of wrestling for a while. <laughs> it, it really was. I said, if you weren't, if you weren't Sean or, or, or Razor or, you know, I was into the, I, I, the click before I even knew they were the click. Those yeah. are the guys I wanted to see. Even when I went to California at the high school, we used to have uh, projects, and I used to write on my projects, Big Daddy Cool or The Heartbreak Kid. And my, my teacher was like, why did you have such colorful names? And I'm like, they're the best. Because they're the best. The wrestlers. Why. The best wrestlers, yeah. man. But, you know, as far as like, since I this is also a time where I really didn't want, you know, I used to watch every pay-per-view religiously. I don't remember this happening yeah. this pay-per-view. I didn't watch this pay-per-view live. This is when I started to kind of fall out of it. This was the time where... And you yeah. were you were transitioning to come up state, weren't you? Yes, yes, because I moved up there in '92. Yeah, September '92. So right, right after SummerSlam, I moved up there. So you were kind of busy with yeah, okay. So I was. I said I was into. I wasn't really into it, but then Raw debuted, got me into it again, and that's when we started, we became friends. Yep. So we were started we watching Raw, and we like watched all the old guys. But even Raw, you know, still didn't get me all the way back. I didn't come all the way back until uh, the NWO. I think I came. That's when I came all the way back. That's when you fully got right back into it. Once once Hall and Nash, I saw them on WCW. I was like, well, this is is interesting. Yeah. And then when Hogan turned, that was just like, whoa. What the hell is going on here? Oh yeah, that 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 tipped the iceberg, man. Yeah, them and them and then DX was what pretty much sealed me being back in full time. Nice, nice. I was always a Razor fan, you know that. Like everybody knows my my famous Razor Ramon, Mister Markham story. Um, but I I I was into Razor as soon as he came, man. Scott Hall. I even liked the Diamond Stud back in WCW, which, as you know, I was pretty pretty knowledgeable and and well. Well watched with that too. Um, Which was almost the same character in a way. Pretty much, because if you like, have you watched some of the old, he didn't, he didn't really have the accent though, right? He didn't do the uh, uh, the Tony Montana. He didn't do the Tony Montana, but he was cocky enough to where it kind of sounded like it. Like he had the toothpick, um, he had the greasy hair. Uh, he was jacked up. I mean, he you know he was definitely. You know, there were there were some important performance enhancing cornflakes going on there. So, um, but he looked good though, man. He was jacked up. 
Uh, and he could wrestle, man. Like, he had some really innovative... If you think about it back then, for a big dude, he had some cool moves, like the fallaway slam, the razor's edge. He was putting guys on the second rope, giving them the back suplex. I mean, dude, he was good, man. He was really good. Yeah, he's, yeah he always was one of, the, one of the best. One of the best, man. And that's what got me into Scott Hall, man. I was like the diamond stud. And when he came as Razor Ramon, I was like, wow, this is so great. You know, and... But, uh, yeah, so SummerSlam 92 in the books, we talked about it. So, so yeah, overall, Tim, what you a, think about SummerSlam 92 on the uh, Just Too Sweet page or the Center Sports Talk Wrestling Federation page. Give us your opinions. Do. Give us some ideas of what you guys want to talk about next also. Um, we already a little teaser ahead. Once we get the phone call operation going on, I would like to – we were going to discuss uh, the most famous – screw job in the history of wrestling which is of course the Montreal screw job of Bret Hart because I think that's a subject that everyone needs to throw their opinion in because even all these years later people still have it, different opinions about it people still take different sides of who was right who yeah. was wrong and I think it's a fascinating subject that we should get into it really is and a lot and lately here in the past six months year more and more people are kind of opening up and being a little more truthful it's all. It's you know. It's almost like the statute of limitations is up. I don't know why. Well, that Vice show, the the wrestling shadow show, whatever that show was, Dark Side of the Ring. Oh that, yeah, that brought it up again. It brought it up again. You know. So and and yeah, it said more people are coming out and talking about it now, and it's like, oh well, you know. But yeah, yeah. some people some people took Vince's side. Some people still take Brett's side. We don't. We know what Brett's opinion is. That dude don't shut up about his opinions now. Oh no, he's he's a, he's a grown no, he, man. Yeah, he walks around with a hanky. I mean, come on, man. He's he 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 is. He he's shot. Everybody. He buries everybody now. He does. He doesn't hold back either. He's he 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 shits on him and steps on it too, man. <laughs> it's what, dude? He he's just he 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 is a grouch. Well, that's a whole other subject, also. So let's save that for another show. It is a whole other subject, but but uh, Tim Tim's thumbs down with SummerSlam. Eric's thumbs up. Um, totally understandable. Totally cool. I I don't know. Um, that was just that, and I think it was like you said, the end of an era, you know. And you you know what you know what pay per view I'm gonna pick, don't you? I, I I have in mind I do, and we'll see if uh we'll see if that comes we'll see if I'm right when when that time comes. Well, but I, I'm yeah. pretty sure we'll let that pass a little. We'll, we'll let summertime summer seventy two sit in people's crawls for a while before we go on to that show. Yeah, but keep it in the back of your mind, you know, if if you know, if you're getting a feel about what Tim talks about and you're getting a feel about what he's into, give, give you know, give it a little thought and give it a little guess and you know, if you want to drop it in there, like your your guesses, we're not going to tell you yes or no, but if you think you know what pay-per-view Tim is going to pick, I'd be curious to see what the people think. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I I think I'm going to be honest. I think some people are going to like go totally a different direction, but I I know exactly what one you're going to pick. I know exactly. Yeah, I know what. you do. I know you do. Yeah. All right, man. Episode two. I think I think we're going to wrap it up here. All right. Hopefully, uh, this is puts the end to our technical problems. Hopefully I think have, I think we it's have gonna. this thing figured out now. I got a pretty positive outlook on everything. And like I said, next step is going to be getting phone calls, and I'm going to look into that. Because uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys. It's going to be hysterical. I can't either. It's going to uh, be great. 
because you know, especially with a subject like the screw job, that has to be discussed live. That's got to be discussed, and like, so. and you know, there's there's other things like you know, there there's significant moments. I mean, that need to be discussed. There's pay per views that need to be discussed. So you know, it's going to be great to hear from like. Yeah, well, plus, like, you know, plus with the phone calls, we can start doing our, you know, our uh, weekly review of all the new stuff going on. Like I said, it's a very exciting time for wrestling right now. We can't leave yeah. out, even though we're an old school show, we can't leave out what's going on now because it's no. such an exciting time right now to be a wrestling fan. It really is, and I hope it generates interest and, in, you know, you know, like an like an honest interest in following wrestling now, you know, and and really getting into it because. There's just so much you can get into now, and it's 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 really a cool time to be a fan. Yes, it is. All right, man. I think we're gonna wrap it up here. I want All to right, thank everybody for listening, Mister Az. You got anything to say before we go? Oh, thanks again for a good show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Drop us a line on Facebook. Um, show your love for Cinesports.com. And, I got and that's song. all I got to say. I got a song for you. This is what we're playing out to today. You know what it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A little chips music for over on our way out. On our way out. Take it out, Tim. No, I'm letting it go a little bit. Letting it go. Let it go? (laughs) All right, everybody. I want to thank you very much. Episode number two is in the books, and we are just too sweet. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance and get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.